0: the piece of marketing that I see the most businesses skipping out on because it's time consuming and it's annoying, but engagement is where you're going to see your highest conversions.
1: Hey CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wingwoman show. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and this week we actually have a podcast swap. So I am so excited to be talking with Emma today. If you are listening to this episode live when it comes out, I will have actually been on her show yesterday and she hosts the Stop Scrolling, Start Scaling podcast. So super great opportunity for you guys to go listen to both of us in both places and kind of hear those conversations we have had, especially if you love this episode, which I know you absolutely will. So now I just want to take a second to introduce Emma. Emma is the founder of 95 Media, which is a women-run digital marketing agency that builds results-driven digital marketing strategies for scaling brands. She and her team help their clients connect with ideal clients, build community, and convert audience members into paying clients, which really is what all of us are trying to do. So Emma has had a great volume of experience in this. They have worked with over 100 clients in 25 plus industries, and she has had over eight years of marketing experience. So we are talking with a lot of experience, both in her industry and building a scaling business today. So Emma, I am so excited to welcome you.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today.
1: Yes. So I just want you to take second and introduce yourself to our audience. Tell them a little bit about, you know, what you do and where you got to where you, how you got to where you are today. Definitely. Yeah. So
0: I was exposed to the world of digital marketing in 2015, which is before most of us even looked at Instagram as a marketing platform. It was mostly where we said, okay, let me post my dinner from last night or a sunset photo. <laughs> Connect of- with grandpa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it was not the place that businesses were really exploring back then. And when I was looking at it at that time, I I was in college, I was super young and I just realized pretty quickly that this was the future this was a marketing platform more so than anything and i was just so surprised that more brands weren't looking at it in that way um but i i knew that was the future and so over the next couple of years i was working in interior design which is totally unrelated but i was starting to take on more clients on the side because some businesses were starting to see this as a viable platform and it was so exciting to me to be able to serve them and help them grow their presence on specifically instagram um and then the pandemic hit and 2020 hit and the design world crashed and digital marketing took took over because there was no other option and that just lit this fire in me and i realized that this was the time to really go all in on building 95 media because if if it weren't if it wasn't that year it was never going to happen so i took the plunge in 2020 i quit my job i went all in in 95 media and since then it has been a wild ride because we have just exploded obviously digital marketing and social media marketing in particular has just taken over and it has become a necessity for every business today. So it's just been really exciting to be able to support our clients in their growth on social media platforms.
1: Yeah, that's amazing and such an amazing story to come out of 2020. Something I'm seeing time and time again is just these explosive businesses leveraging the new and unique strategies that came about from everything going on during the pandemic and you're exactly right you know you noticing hey this is the future things are changing what a perfect time to kind of jump in and say okay i know how it's going to be in the future we are going to start on these innovative practices right now so you know from conversations we've had you started your business you know pretty young and not necessarily ready to start a business or knowing everything that entailed having a business. So how do you feel like that impacted your growth as a business? And maybe what were some things you wish you did know, or maybe some things that were good about that? Oh my gosh.
0: I was so naive. I was so naive. I was 20 when I when I started taking on clients and I knew absolutely nothing. I knew not much about marketing to begin with, much less building a brand. And honestly, at first, I really wasn't trying to build a brand. I was just like, this is really cool. Like, I'm good at this. This is fun. I love it. And it just turned into it organically. And it became very intentional around like 2018 or so when I realized, Maybe design isn't really what, what I want to do long term. I think this is more so the avenue I want to go. But there's so much I wish I knew. And I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is building that leadership skill in yourself, especially being an agency owner. I have an amazing team of eight today and that the skill of running a business is very different than the skill of leading a team. And I know when we were in prison, we were talking like, you know, team management is something that no one really prepares you for because you start your business and you understand client management, you grow in that skill, you really nail it down. But then there, as you grow your brand and you add team members to support you and allowing your, your own business to, to grow because you can't grow without a team at a certain point, then there comes this whole other element of team management. And that is so challenging for a lot of us. And I don't think it's something that most of us are born with. I always thought, like, I'm a good leader. I can you know lead people well. But when it comes to leading a team and managing people in a way where they're actually working towards the same goal as you, you're all working towards the same goal of growing your brand, that tests you in a lot of ways. And I think leadership is a skill that you're continuously learning. There's never an end point to it, but you know, I would have fostered that skill in myself, I think a little earlier than I realized they needed to.
1: Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. And, you know, even, I think a lot of my clients, a lot of our listeners are going through that exact same thing. I'm going through that exact same thing right now, where you start to realize like, yeah, I could on my own, maybe handle this volume of work, but I'm at the point where I don't need to be in the work because if I'm so focused in the work every day, I'm not focused on building the business. And at some point you have to trust to hand some of that off to someone and have it super well documented. This entire past two weeks, really, I have been building out like the most elaborate asana to be like this task that like literally go here and click this to really like build that system of like, okay, what did I do? Because for so long, for so many of us, it's in our brains or we're trying to figure out, you know, what to do and building that out so that I can pass that off to someone without them having to ask me. Because if I just said, hey, send a proposal in Dubsado, it's like, "Uh, what do I do, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's something I've been learning and I think it's, you know, it comes sooner than we realize because like I said, Could I handle this volume of work on myself? Absolutely. But how much does actually working for the clients then take away from growing the business? And I'm sure you see that a lot with clients when they come to you and say, oh my gosh, I need help growing because I'm so, you know, entrenched in the business. So, you know, one of the things we talked about for you was how you actually built a all-female team had that level of support and you know what were some of the growing pains specifically with that so many growing pains
0: <laughs> every <I think> day
1: <laughs> the smartest
0: thing i ever did honestly after building my team cuz i hired faster than most people hire i hired like right in the beginning i think it was in 2017 um, when I graduated college and I started working full time right away, I was like, okay, like I can't do all the things I need to do during the nine to five workday that I'm here. And it was more like eight to six, but that's a different story. <laughs> and so I hired someone to take over those tasks that had to be done throughout the day. And that goes back to me, like literally, I I just, I didn't know what I needed to give her in order for her to be super successful. And so obviously like that was such a great lesson learned. And as our team continued to scale, I built out what we call a team dashboard, um, which is essentially an online course. And this dashboard is so robust. It is like an onboarding packet for a new hire on steroids. (laughs) It is everything that we do. From internal processes to client delivery to, um, you know, here are tutorials for specific types of things that we do, or here's a tutorial to send to a client when they're unsure of how to record a reel on their phone. Those little granular things that we have created processes around so you don't have to start from scratch. Every single time that a client needs X, Y, and Z from you, or you need to send me an invoice for your work on the first of the month. Like, I don't want to have to tell you how to do that. I want to empower you to have that information on your own, absorb that during onboarding, and have that reference point to go back to day after day while you're on our team. So that dashboard has been an incredible tool for us. And it's something that we are always adding to as well. Like that's, that wasn't a one and done. It took me like six months to build that out, but it's something that we are always adding to. We're always updating. We actually just went back through and updated every single module. And there are like hundreds of modules in there that we went back and updated because we're like, well, our systems are different this year than they were last year and making sure that's up to date for everyone. But it's been really amazing to build an all-female team because one of my like biggest mission statements is that I want to put more money in the hands of women. And we love working with female founders as our clients, but we want to take it a step farther and work with as many female team members as we can too, so that we can support them in building their dreams and their lives by, you know, compensating them well and having them do amazing work for us.
1: I love that. And it's something that you know I, I've always valued in my company as well, You know, supporting other women. Specifically in my industry, I think that a lot of women are maybe not necessarily respected by financial professionals in the mm-hmm. way that they should be. And so definitely a mission of mine as well. So I absolutely love hearing that. So when you started finding people that you wanted to hire, what were some of the things that you were really looking out for? Was it you know, maybe skill at something or was it fit? How did you start to analyze those kinds of things?
0: When I first hired, and I think this still rings true today, the skill set, and this might be weird to say, but the skill set isn't as important as their personality and their character to me. So what I mean by that is I can teach someone how to be amazing at social media marketing. Like I can teach you. Do I want do I need and want you to come to us with those skills as a baseline? Yes. But there's so much about what we do that we do in a very specific way in order to serve our clients better than, you know, our competition that is like, okay, yes, you need to know the base and like you need to know the difference between a static post and a carousel like yeah, we need to have basic knowledge here. But do you need to know how to execute like very specific granular things? No, we'll teach you how to do that. What's more important is that you fit into to and accentuate our company culture because I've worked in so many companies that just, you know, it's not fun to go to work. It's not, you don't want to get on a team call. You don't want to talk to your manager. And that's obviously not the kind of company culture I want to be building. And so it's really important that we we bring on people who are fun and excited and really just hyped up to do this work. And are great team players as well. So I think that the characteristics that we look for are team players, self-starters, super organized, and really just excited to hit the ground running. Because if you're not excited on day one to do the work, like, I can't give you that. (laughs) That has to be innate in you.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense and something, you know, I see for me and my clients as well. There are definitely some positions where, okay, we need you to have this expert level of skill, but for the majority of positions, especially if you are hiring another you, right? Someone to do the exact same thing you do, you know how to do that, right? So, you know, for me and my company, there are some roles that I'm like, okay, these roles I'm actually hiring people smarter than me, so they need to know what they're doing. But then there's also roles that I'm like, okay, you're going to take over my work. I know exactly how I do that. I'm happy to teach you if you are the right person and the right personality. So I think that's super important, and especially building a team that wants to be around each other. One of the things that I think we kind of lost in 2020 in the pandemic is the benefit of having a team around us to bounce questions off of and to ask things because there is value in having multiple brains thinking about the same thing. No matter how good you are at your job, you view something in a different way than another person does. And you know, in both of our fields, it's super important to have that other perspective, just, hey, what do you think about this? And I know you know chats and whatever. I know they're all still there, um, but you know teams who are maybe more intentional about using those together or meeting together or some ways of talking to each other. and whether that comes naturally from them just liking each other, I think that's the easiest way because I know when I like my colleagues, I'm more likely to you know, hey, ping them, what do you think about this versus if it's someone I don't like? So you know I think not only does that help build a better business, it helps you serve clients better because you are getting multiple brains thinking about the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's so important to us. You know, our account director, who's like my right hand person, she is amazing at building, you know, relationships with between the team. Different team members have different skill sets. So say someone's really struggling with, you know, Pinterest management for a client and they're just running into this one issue over and over again and be like, okay, make sure you go talk to her, have a meeting with her because she'll be able to solve this for you. So rather than me or our account director being that point person for them on solving issues, we really try and have them collaborate because a lot of what we do isn't collaborative because my team is assigned a client and they handle that client, that account. Um, And so whenever we can collaborate, we try to. And what's so beautiful is that my team is around the entire country. We're spread out between a bunch of different states and Two of the girls on my team actually loved chatting so much with each other that they, one of them flew to the other one last month and spent a weekend together because they were just like, had built this friendship and they were like, why are we not hanging out in person? Like, let's go do this. And that to me was like the epitome of building an amazing team culture. And it made me so, so happy to like see them in person wanting to do that because that was not like, I didn't even know what was happening. They literally got on a team call. We have a monthly team call, and the girl was like, hey, guys, I have someone, like, someone's here to, like, surprise you. She turns the camera, and it's our other team member, and I literally lost it. I was like, what is happening? This is amazing. So that was incredible, and I think that there's little things like that that really show you when you've built a great team culture.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I love hearing that that they loved each other so much. They were like, yeah, let's be friends. And I think that shows you that you are doing a good job looking at, you know, what we need to hire for, because if both of these team members had something in common, you know, and then what you can do is go back and be like, oh, what did they have in common? Like, how do I want to evaluate the next person? And yeah. keeping up with that, I think is really important. And you even mentioned now they can ask each other questions instead of you. And I think that is the number one thing that is required from all of us in order to step back and like be a CEO. I've always said, you know, the CEO goes into work to put out fires, but that's not, or like where it needs support, but that's not the expectation or that shouldn't be the day-to-day for you. And so for you to have someone who you can just point them to, hey, I'm here to support you, go talk to so-and-so, just kind of direct the work. I think that is, you know, the epitome of being, hey, I'm I'm in the leadership position now, but I'm not really in the day to day.
0: And it's also building leaders on your team, which is the difference between a lot of companies who just build like executors, then no mm-hmm. one, they don't build leadership within their team. And so that's something we've been really focused on over the past year or so is we're trying to create that leadership very intentionally within our team members so that we do have that and I'm not that point person because when you think about it as a CEO, like you cannot be the person everyone goes to for every little thing, like, and still build the company. It's just physically, there's not enough hours in the day. Like I already work 12 hours. Like I don't have time to like solve all of these problems. I need you to go to each other. So I think it's just one of those like growing pains and learning lessons along the way. Cause obviously like when you have one or two team members, you're going to be that point person, but it's once you start getting up to like Over five, I started feeling it, I would say, um, when I was just like, I'm overwhelmed. Like, You guys gotta start going. You're so talented and you're so smart, but you forget that in each other until I tell you. And I'm like, actually, she knows more than I do about this topic. Like, She's an amazing resource, why don't you start there? And if you guys can't figure it out together, then come to me, then let's have a conversation and we'll figure it out together.
1: Yeah, I think that's perfect. And you even knowing your team members well enough to know who's an expert at what, you building that relationship with each of them, I think is really important. So I want to take a second and shift a little bit into talking about, you know, digital marketing and the things that you are an absolute expert at. So I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on where you think business owners can leverage digital marketing, particularly in 2023, and what are some things we should absolutely be doing?
0: Mm. So first off, everyone needs to be on social media. If you've been in denial, living under a rock until this point, like please get on there, um, because you know sometimes we we put something off and then we don't realize that the longer we wait, the harder it is to build because the more saturated a market becomes. So step one, get on there. Step two, everyone needs to be doing video this year, and we've probably heard it a million times, but video is arguably the only way to grow today because the algorithms are favoring that type of content on every platform. So focusing on a video first strategy is going to really help you leverage your brand and get ahead of your competition. The number one thing I hear is that like, you know, this other person who's my competitor has been doing it longer than i have so of course they have a bigger audience of course they have more clients and the reality is today social media can really set you apart and set you ahead of your competition even if you're new if you are creating the right type of strategic content for your brand there even though everything is saturated there is still opportunity to really stand out. And I think it always comes back to speaking to your unique voice. And a lot of the times we get scared, especially on video content, to be our weird, unique selves. And we feel like we need to have a full face of makeup and hair and the right lighting. And the reality is you really, really don't. And it's so much better to get started messy than it is to wait until you're perfect. Because there's no such thing as perfect. And no one wants perfect. No one no one is even looking for that on social except for you. We're our own worst enemies. Everyone's looking for what we perceive to be perfect, but at the end of the day, you being a little messy or you getting on camera with no makeup on and doing a get ready with me story and being that vulnerable self without a full face on is what's going to set you apart because your competition probably isn't doing something like that.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And especially, you know, some of the things I've noticed, obviously, we've seen TikTok getting really big this year. And one of the causes that people always say is like, you get to know people authentically. You see them exactly like you said, without their makeup on, putting on their makeup. And I think that's made people seem more relatable, especially like as brands, I guess. That's made people say, oh, you know, okay, Christy is a human. And yes, she's, you know, a CPA and a brand and all that. But... I can actually trust her as a human being and I get, you know, inquiries that come in and they ask, you know, where did you find me and why did you reach out? And really commonly, it will be TikTok, And it's not, you were really good at X, Y, and Z tax skill. No, nobody cared. It's, I felt like I could trust you or I felt like you would support me because really, Especially if you're working business to business, the thing a business owner values more than anything, and this is the case for me, I bet it's the case for you, is being able to trust that someone can support you more than they are an expert at every little detail at what they do, because I will trust that, Emma, if you're working on my marketing and you don't know something, but I know you've got my back, you're going to go find someone who does know it, right? Or you're going to figure it out. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. So I think that that has really changed the game, realizing that that's what people want. They want a human who's got their back.
0: And TikTok has set that trend on every other platform, which is important to notice too. Like that is exactly what you're talking about. The reason why TikTok has blown up over the past two years is because of that authenticity, which feels like a overused word, but it, it's really not because it's the reason why people love TikTok content. It's why we consume so much TikTok content. It's why you can spend three hours on TikTok today, but you would never spend three hours in a row on Instagram. It's just you're consuming different types of content and people are so much more real on TikTok. And I love what you said about even showing up as a CPA, which a lot of people look at as a very quote unquote professional industry. Mm -hmm. and You can't show up weird and authentic and like no makeup on and talk about like a breakup that you've gone through. But actually that is exactly why someone would hire you. So I would challenge someone listening that, deconstruct those ideas you have around your industry and really look at how can I show up and be more vulnerable with my audience? Because that's going to be the reason why they hire you versus the guy down the road. Who's posting really curated Instagram content with a professional video shoot. And it's edited by somebody who's like in a basement in Iowa. Like, no, they want you editing your content or your social media manager in a very clear, easy to digest way that feels really authentic and genuine to the, to the consumer.
1: Yeah. And that actually, I like hearing that perspective because you recently said, you know, okay, the industry feels saturated. Yeah, it does. But also it's not like we need these levels of professional people to film and edit our videos. So the barrier to entry seems high, but it's actually lower because Mm -hmm. you don't need all these expensive things to get started. So for someone who is like okay i'm gonna take the leap i'm gonna do it you know what where should they even start you know filming video finding people what do we what do we want to focus on the focus should be on content creation for sure and whenever someone
0: asks me you know well what platform should i be on i don't know where to start i always send them back to you consider how much content you're able to create if you're on your own you're not working with a social media manager which means you have to. Come up with the idea, fill in the content, edit it, post it, engage. That's a lot of work. So your content output is going to be less. So that is why I recommend once you start being really serious about getting on social and creating content, make that higher and get support to execute that. Because what that will mean for you and how we support our clients is we come up with the idea. We tell you what you need to post, like we'll send you the audio, go record this, send us that raw file. We'll then take it from there. We'll do the editing, write the caption, get it posted at optimal time, engage with the audience, review the comments, let you know which comments you should make a reply video to. All of this legwork that we oftentimes don't think about when we're like, let me get on TikTok. Let me get on Reels. It's like we get so excited and then it drops off after a week because we forget and don't realize how much time goes into all of the back end work. So, if you're just getting started, really figure out how much content you can create because the platforms want consistency. So, if you're going to get on TikTok, especially, it wants that consistency and you're going to see a drop off if you drop the content that you're posting. So, if that means you can only post three times a week to TikTok, fine that's super small on TikTok, but if that's where you can get started, okay. Better would be five to seven times a week on TikTok. Best would be ridiculously three times a day. And I know that's crazy, but that's like a high volume content strategy on TikTok. When you look at Instagram and Reels, a high content strategy is going to be seven times a week on Instagram. So that's a lot less content. So if your focus is going to be on Instagram and you can create that seven posts a week, Great, focus your energy there rather than on TikTok. So, again, I would go back to how much content can you create? Figure that out, create a game plan for yourself, get support where you may need it, and then just hit the ground running.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I can say for me, like getting support on that was absolutely game changing because I could literally, there is no other feeling than like looking at your phone and being like, you have all these likes and you didn't even post or like, when I didn't know when my manager was posting and it was like, oh, cool, like just got likes and everything is going great and you can stay focused on your business. Jumping in and out of all these little tasks actually takes up a lot more time than we expect. One of the things I started doing recently, um, you know, as I'm looking to hire and see exactly how long things take was really tracking my time. I have a, you know, clock app. that's basically like by project and by task and by client, like what am I working on? And it wasn't the time I was spending on each task. It was the time switching between the two. Be like, okay, I'm done with this. And now I'm going to go on a walk and I'm going to go get food. And I'm going to like all these little things that takes your brain time to really readapt to that. So I think that's another thing we don't think about. We're like, okay, I can create the content and I can do all this. But what about the time that takes away from your business and the mindset? Um, So another thing that you kind of mentioned that I want to hit on a little bit was, talking about engagement with your social content. Can you explain what that means and what we should be doing with that?
0: Yes, engagement is the piece of marketing that I see the most businesses skipping out on because it's time consuming and it's annoying, but engagement is where you're gonna see your highest conversions. So what I mean by engagement is engagement is the amount of time that you are actively in your accounts. So you might in the past have just posted and ghosted as I like to call it. You post and you're like, okay, my job here is done. I'm going to go serve my clients. or I'm going to go eat my lunch. And you don't actually show up in your account. That worked five years ago. That does not work today. The algorithms are smart as hell. They know when someone's in the account. And if you're not actively there, it's actually not going to push your content out as much as it would if it identified that there's a human in your account. But beyond getting your content seen, if you're not active on your profile and commenting on other people's content, posting to stories, replying to other people's stories. All of these are forms of engagement. You're not going to see a lot of engagement back to you. And I don't mean the like for like, comment to comment type of like spammy crap that we all used to do five, 10 years ago. I mean, genuine comments, because if someone sees you're commenting on their stuff, they're likely just going to check you out Maybe they give you a follow. Maybe they comment on your stuff, but that's not the point. The point of you doing outbound engagement is to get in front of new people, because I hear all the time. And I was just talking to someone yesterday on a sales call. He was like, I get engagement on my content, but it's the same 5, 10 people every single week. Like, I am so tired of seeing their comments. They're not buying from me. I know they're not trying to buy what I'm selling. I need to get in front of new people. So I said, Okay, like, how active are you? Do you do you do you get in front of new people? And he was like, No, I hate social media. I never go on that account. I was like, Okay, here we are. Like, that's the problem here. And so here's how we're gonna solve it. And it really isn't easy solve, but it's not easy when it comes to time because you want to spend at least an hour every day, especially on posting days, in your accounts, actively engaging. And the amount of um, dedication per platforms is gonna look different. So. On TikTok, you know, that amount of time is really just replying to comments and commenting on other people's content. On Instagram, there's a lot more opportunity where you can do that, but you can also reply to stories, create your own stories, you know, reply to your DMs, which you're probably going to have more of on Instagram than on TikTok. So it's very nuanced per platform, but engagement is so incredibly important for a really great marketing strategy.
1: Yeah. I and mean, that's good to hear because I think that's something that we forget about a lot of times. I know I'll see, oh, you know, so-and-so replied popped up and I'm like, okay, cool. I'll deal with it later. But then you don't deal with it later. And then yeah. you have people like commenting and saying things and you've never acknowledged them or like thanked them for being a part of your world. I think that's something we kind of take for granted. Like I want every person who is a part of my world and my community to like feel like I appreciate they're there and if I'm just, you know, posting and ghosting and I'm like, cool, thanks for liking me and I don't acknowledge that. Yeah, I would feel kind of crappy if I was doing that to people and they weren't appreciating it. So, that's a really good perspective to give us going into this year and saying, you know, how have things changed in the past few years. So, Emma, this has been so incredibly helpful. I know I will personally be taking tips. I'm so certain our listeners will, but if our listeners want to Reach out, find you, listen to your podcast, work with you. How do they do that?
0: Yeah, so our website is 95media.co. I'm most active on Instagram, so it's spelled out N-I-N-E-T-U-I dot F-I-V-E dot media, so 90.5.media. Um, and we also have our podcast, the Stops Really Start Scaling podcast that Christy was a guest on yesterday. And we have a free course called Master Your Marketing, which is an amazing course. Um, It's completely free, but it'll teach you how to build content that converts in under 30 minutes a day just to kind of get your wheels turning, get you started on the right path. Um, And you can access that at MasterYourMarketingCourse.co and get inside and start learning all the goodness there.
1: That's amazing. So to all our listeners, those will all be linked in the show notes. So you don't have to remember, or if you're like me in the car, stop driving and take a note. Those will all be linked below whenever you need them. So thank you so much to Emma for being on today and to our CEO listeners. We'll see you next week.